We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How's everybody doing? How's everybody living? Hope we're having an awesome day. It is Sunday, April 30th. As I record this, also coming to you live on YouTube and uh, Twitter. Uh, I'm at Oregon Football Max Taurus on YouTube, and I'm at M Taurus Sports on Twitter. Uh, we got a huge episode in store for you uh, today. Another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Just in case you're new here, I'm your host, Max Taurus, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. Going to be talking about the latest um, one, I should say, of the two latest commitments for Dan Lanning and the Oregon Ducks football program on today's episode of the podcast. Um, I just got back in town, just got back into Long Beach, was out in Texas for a, a family wedding. So that's why uh, you know, I'm a little bit late getting around to this news. This news actually happened uh, right after I was I landed in Austin. And then we ended up flying out to Dallas uh, for the wedding. So I remember, you know, got in, landed, the news broke, typed up the story while I was still on the plane and then got that thing up there. So I just got back here and we're going to talk about the commitment of Luke Moga, 2024, Phoenix, Arizona, Sunny Slope quarterback. He's the latest quarterback to commit to Oregon, but isn't the latest person to commit to Oregon. Ducks picking up a commitment from Ole Miss transfer tight end Casey Kelly. On uh, Saturday, I believe it was. So I'll probably have another. Um, I'll probably have another episode out on that. But we're going to be breaking down Luke Moga's commitment, what it means for Oregon. Uh, we're going to get into some evaluation. We're going to get into what could be next for the Ducks and what this means in the 2024 recruiting class. So if all that sounds good to you, I suggest that you stick around for a little bit. Hit that subscribe button and the like button while you're at it. And then hop in the chat and let me know how you're feeling about Luke Moga's commitment to Oregon. And then leave me a comment if you're watching on replay about what your thoughts are on Oregon football recruiting right now in the 2024 class. So let's break down this uh, commitment. You know, I think starting off, this was really interesting because of partially because of when it happened. Luke Moga committed to Oregon on Friday. And, um, you know, the during the week leading up to that commitment, which was originally set for Friday, uh, April 28th, he had announced that he was going to be delaying his commitment uh, after coming out with the top group that included Oregon, uh, Michigan State, I want to say, Miami was in there, 
TCU was also in there, Arizona State, a couple of the other top schools. So he announced that he was going to be delaying his commitment only to end up committing on the same day that uh, he originally set. So uh, it's just kind of the twists and turns that come with recruiting, but uh, the timing couldn't be better for Oregon uh, on the recruiting trail because they obviously had their spring game on Saturday. So nice to get a commitment and a big one at that coming from the quarterback position, uh, which as we know is really becoming the most important position to recruit uh, in any given class. And um, we know that Oregon wants to get that quarterback in the fold nice and early if possible to really get some momentum going on the recruiting trail and kind of have a face of the program, if you will, or of the recruiting class, but maybe they'll have multiple faces of the recruiting class. We're going to talk a little bit later in this episode about the approach by Dan Lanning and Will Stein and the rest of this Oregon staff to recruiting the quarterback position. And if they want to take two quarterbacks possibly in this class, uh, because we all know, or most people know if you follow recruiting, if you read my stuff, that Michael Van Buren, Baltimore St. Francis Academy quarterback, was also on campus this past weekend. And uh, that's uh, definitely a significant piece of news. But we're going to start off by getting into a little bit of an eval. So going to go ahead and throw on some highlights uh, up on the screen now. So 2024 quarterback, six foot two and a half, 195 pounds, and his 2022 junior season stats, 2,808 total yards and 31 total touchdowns playing for Sunny Slope High School out there in the Phoenix area. So let's get into a little bit of an eval. So I think with Moga, the, the first thing that really pops off for him, um, you know, you see some really nice throws here on, on the top, off the top of his highlights. Um, you know, really nice deep ball uh, in some of these clips. But I think what a lot of people want to talk about is right here, this, uh, this you know, read option, QB keeper, and just one cut and just gone. So this guy has some seriously elite speed for a quarterback. And you see there the ability to throw against his body on the run. That is not easy to do. Um, but, you know, 10-7 speed in the 100 meters is, is not something that you find very often with quarterbacks. Um, we obviously know uh, the, the ability of a dual threat quarterback to thrive at Oregon uh, most recently with Bo Nix coming over from Auburn and just lighting things up through the air and on the ground. So I'm not saying that Luke Moga is Bo Nix, but I think you can definitely see some kind of similarities in their game, right? If you're looking at someone to maybe compare him to even just on the Oregon roster now, I think Bo Nix is a fantastic starting point. Obviously, Bo Nix, much more of a refined passer than Luke Moga, but you look at the improvisation ability, the ability to throw off-platform again. I got to run that one back. That was an amazing throw. Um, rolling out of the pocket, extending the play. Here you see him here around the 20, and he rolls out, going to his left, and then throwing against his body there to go across the middle and just throw a dart uh, to, to midfield. So I think that... You know, one of the biggest things that stands out to me about Moga is kind of like, you know, it's it's not a um, it's not a knock, but, you know, he, he is pretty raw mechanically, um, you know, just as a passer. That's not to say he isn't skilled because clearly he's incredibly skilled. But I just found this out actually right before I, I hopped on to record this podcast. Uh, I was looking at his 247 sports profile, so I got to give credit to the folks over there at 247. They do an awesome job. He actually played wide receiver uh, during his sophomore season, or at least he had some experience playing wide receiver 
uh, you know, recently. Um, I'm looking at it right now in 2021, played multiple positions in his breakout sophomore season, caught 20 passes for 393 yards and three touchdowns on 19.7 yards per catch, adding 51 carries for 332 yards and three rushing touchdowns, averaging 6.5 yards per carry. And then here you go, also completed 11 of 29 passes for 185 yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions, and even returned some kicks. So you are getting a phenomenally versatile and athletic guy here in Luke Moga. And uh, obviously this past year looked like it was his first full year of playing quarterback, at least at the college or the high school level, rather. So he's only going to continue to uh, improve and, you know, refine his game. So I think that, um, you know, you see me here again, extending the play and going on the run. So I think that he's a really competitive guy. Uh, I've been able to interview Luke a couple times and he's an awesome interview, uh, well-spoken young man, and um, definitely someone that I think is going to take coaching really well. I know one thing that uh, people are kind of quick to harp on with his game. If you're trying, trying to find a weak spot is his completion percentage um, from his junior year. Um, you know, talking about uh, quite a few drops uh, as a as a junior, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, you can only do so much as a quarterback, right? You know, you got to throw them the ball and then they have to do their part and catch it. So I, I got to be honest, I didn't follow Sonny Slope very closely. So I don't really know if it's necessarily, I'm sure there's some area for him to improve, obviously. And then, you know, you want to have good wide receivers out there catching the rock for you as well. But um, yeah, I think that this is an awesome addition for uh, Will Stein and the Ducks because he may not have the the glitz and glamour of like a Dylan Rayola, who's, you know, the number one player in the country, uh, was in Eugene uh, for the Elite 11 today and punched his ticket to the Elite 11 finals. But just because he's a three-star does not mean that there's not uh, a lot of upside and, you know, obvious potential for him to be a serious impact guy at the college level. Um, I don't think that, you know, if you're Will Stein in Oregon, you're, you're not taking a commitment from Luke Moga unless you see some serious potential in his game. And I think that's exactly what you see here. And, um, you know, his just put on the tape and, and you can see why. Um, so I really like the skill set that he brings to the table as, as a really, really mobile guy. I think that his skill set really fits the direction of, of college football and, and really NFL football incredibly well, right? You're seeing a lot of quarterbacks now, uh, you know, a lot of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL are, you know, dual threat guys that that have some serious wheels. You know, you're talking Lamar Jackson, who just recently got extended by the Ravens, Jalen Hurts, who got extended by the Eagles, guys like that. Pat Mahomes, you know, even in, in his own right, you know, he's not a burner like any of those two guys that I just mentioned, but he can extend plays and, and he can be pretty mobile when he needs to be. So I really like the, the pickup for Oregon here with Luke Moga. I like the timing of it all. I think that that's definitely uh, something worth mentioning. But uh, the last thing I'm going to say is that he's probably a, a pretty quick learner, you know, for him to go from playing multiple positions in 2021 to being an absolute stud of a quarterback in 2022. And, you know, all the momentum that he generated on the recruiting trail in his own recruitment, this was a guy that chose Oregon over about 24 other offers, you know, around 25 reported scholarship offers. So it's not just Oregon that is seeing the potential in Luke Moga as a quarterback, you know, a lot of other schools around the country, pulled the trigger after Oregon, uh, you know, extending our scholarship offer in, in January. So I think that that's certainly no, notable as well. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that I can definitely understand where maybe some of the shortcomings of his game are, 
But I think what I'm really trying to say is part of that is because he is, you know, a relatively, um, you know, new quarterback, right? If you go from playing multiple position, multiple positions to focusing just on quarterback, um, it's it's certainly uh, you know an interesting deal. So that's those are kind of my eval thoughts on Luke Moga. Gonna gonna switch things up here a little bit and kind of continue moving into digging into the layers, peeling back the layers of this commitment. Um, I think one of them, I think I saw a comment about it uh, from from Hazmat here, another Arizona quarterback. Interesting. Um, yeah, this this uh, commitment for Oregon in the 2024 class with Moga is the latest Arizona uh, recruit to commit to Oregon. The Ducks signed a trio of Arizona standouts in the 2023 class. Cole Martin, uh, one of the twitchiest and most athletic corners in his class. He was an Adidas All-American. I got to meet him out there in San Antonio. And man, did that guy have a game on Saturday. I'm going to be uh, having another show probably tomorrow, breaking down my thoughts from the spring game. But Cole Martin was uh, one of the best Arizona signees that the Ducks had in this uh, 2023 recruiting class. So that uh, continues the Arizona pipeline. The Ducks also signed Michael Gardner, who um, who got a huge shout out from um, Casey Rogers as like one of the best freshmen that he's ever been around in terms of just learning the scheme and, uh, you know, just being around the game. So that's, you know, definitely some, some high praise for sure. And then you also have Amari Washington, who is um, – Amari Washington, who's from uh, Chandler, and he's not even at Oregon yet, and he's one of the one of the better defensive linemen out west. So you continue building on that Arizona pipeline, and uh, Moga's kind of the face of the Arizona pipeline, at least for now, in this 2024 Oregon recruiting class. And if everything goes well, you know that Oregon hopes that he's not the uh, only guy that they signed from Arizona in the 2024 class. You got a couple of uh, other really big names. You got Elijah Rushing. The number one of the top edge rushers in the 2024 recruiting class from Tucson, Arizona, Sal Point Catholic. He was on campus earlier on in the week. I, he actually got in a week ago today, uh, and then um, there was some buzz that he was going to be visiting for the spring game, but uh, he had a scheduling conflict with his uh, prom. So you know, only have high school once, and you got to make sure that you make the most of it. But Elijah Rushing is definitely, without a doubt, the biggest target still on the board for Oregon in the state of Arizona here in the 2024 recruiting class. And then you have another guy um, like Moga on the offensive side of the ball, running back Christian Clark. Uh, Christian Clark's a, a pretty big time uh, running back in the 2024 class. And uh, I know that he is one of the top targets for Carlos Lachlan in this 2024 class, also from Phoenix, playing at Mountain Point High School, six foot, 195 pounds, four-star guy, 27 reported scholarship offers. You have Oregon up there in the mix with Georgia, Texas, USC, and Christian Clark was uh, on campus, I believe, just the week before uh, the spring game. So obviously you're seeing some of that mutual interest. I always talk about how important it is to um, to track the visits and where guys are ultimately getting out to take some trips because that shows you where their interest really lies. And then you also have Miles Lockhart. You know, there's a lot of guys. This is a loaded class for Arizona. Uh, in, in 2024, but Miles Lockhart is another big-time guy. He was on campus for the spring game as well, big-time cornerback out of Basha High School in Chandler, Arizona, where the Ducks found Cole Martin. You know, Miles Lockhart's going to be uh, a tough pull for Oregon at this point. You know, I'm just going to give it to you guys straight. It's not always necessarily good news for Oregon. It was great that they got him out on campus for the spring game, but uh, 
Miles Lockhart has been pretty vocal about Ohio State being the leader in his recruitment. Uh, but, you know, Demetrius Martin is one of the best recruiters in the country. And then you also have that teammate connection with Cole Martin. So uh, I'm not counting the Ducks out, but I'm definitely saying that they have some ground to make up. And maybe they were able to make up some of that ground this weekend with another strong visit for Miles Lockhart. Uh, also have schools like Wisconsin in the mix uh, with, with Miles Lockhart. So kind of kind of a couple other guys that, uh, that are worth watching here in the 2024 recruiting class out of the state of Arizona. I got one more point I want to get to, and then we will get to some of the questions and comments in the chat. I think the biggest question that kind of comes to mind after Luke Moga's commitment is, is he going to take, is Oregon going to take two quarterbacks in the 2024 recruiting class? And I can't definitively say yes, but the fact that both Luke Moga and Michael Van Buren were on campus at the same time um, after recent visits to Eugene earlier in the month, I think says a whole lot um, in terms of obviously where they're at with their interest. Michael Van Buren has Oregon in his top three schools right now. You got Oregon, Penn State, Maryland as those top three schools. Um, you know, also probably worth mentioning that uh, the Elite 11 in Eugene, that the regional that was held in Eugene today was probably a big part of why uh, Van Buren made that return trip. But if you have a guy that's as highly coveted as Michael Van Buren, Under Armour All-American quarterback, playing for a national powerhouse, down to three schools, you know that Oregon feels like they have a very good shot in this uh, in this uh, recruitment for um, for Michael Van Buren, you know, who was just on campus recently. Um, I think for Oregon, this is a really interesting question because Oregon hasn't taken two quarterbacks in the same recruiting class since 2020. That was the year that the Ducks signed Jay Butterfield out of the Bay Area, and they also signed Robbie Ashford, who was an Under Armour All-American quarterback out of the state of Alabama. Obviously, both of those guys are no longer with the program. Jay Butterfield uh, opting to go back home to play for the San Jose State Spartans, and then Robbie Ashford going back home to a sense, right, to his home state of Alabama to play for the Auburn Tigers. And uh, maybe he's the starter this year uh, for for uh, Hugh Freeze out at Auburn. So this question from from Johnny, you know, two Max has Oregon committed has Oregon committed to taking two high school quarterbacks in 2024? I don't think they've necessarily committed to doing that, and they're not gonna. No one's gonna go on record saying that. But you just kind of have to track it, right? You know, who are they offering? Who's coming to visit campus? Uh, now that spring ball ends tomorrow on Monday, May 1st, the Ducks are gonna be hitting the road to get coaches out on the recruiting trail and evaluating. So guys that they go to see, that's really, really valuable time. You know, spring football is going to be over, so it's not like they're going to be missing out on things in Eugene. But, you know, getting to just all the guys that they have offered are across the country, it's not going to be an easy trip for them. So I think tracking who gets visits from the Oregon coaches this spring and the spring evaluation period is also going to be telling about who some of those priority targets are. So to answer the question, Oregon hasn't committed to taking two high school quarterbacks in 2024, but just based on how these developments have unfolded, who who the buzz is around, obviously Moga's in the fold. And uh, I think it's interesting because I kind of answered this question with another question, and I don't have any intel on this question in, in particular, but I think it's a one worth asking. Do you think that Oregon takes a commitment from Luke Moga if it means losing out on a quarterback like a Michael Van Buren? To me, I don't think so. I don't think you take Luke Moga if you think it's going to, you know, compromise your chances 
um not compromise that's not the that's not the right word what am i looking for Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I don't think you take a commitment from Luke Moga unless A, you really like Luke Moga, which they obviously do. But B, you maybe don't take a, a commitment a commitment from him, given how raw he is technically and mechanically, if it's going to cost you uh, losing out on a guy like Michael Van Buren, who it looks like Oregon has definitely pulled into the lead for right now. Um, you know, I, I've talked about this on previous episodes of the podcast and in writing um, my stories. Excuse me, sorry about that. In, in writing my stories, I feel like of the two quarterbacks, I, I feel like Michael Van Buren is the guy with the higher floor, maybe the higher ceiling, but certainly the higher floor right now because he is more polished as a quarterback. Um, and, you know, he plays the national schedule. So, you know, he's going against some really, really tough competition all the time. So I, I don't say any of that to downplay Moga's commitment or to criticize Moga at all. I want to be perfectly clear about that. I'm just saying I don't think that if there's a quarterback, you don't take a commitment like this if it's going to cost you losing out on a guy who is maybe a little bit more capable or projects to be more capable of having an impact on your program uh, sooner than it does uh, than someone else does. Um, so I think this kind of also raises an interesting question. You know, taking two quarterbacks is is pretty uncommon when it comes to today's era of college football. But Oregon could still, you know, take another quarterback, hypothetically, if, if they're able to land Michael Van Buren. And then maybe after that, they're saying, hey, that's great. But, um, you know, we still need to find somebody who we think can be our starting quarterback in 2024 after Bo Nix leaves. Maybe it's Ty Thompson. Maybe it's somebody else on the roster. Maybe it's Austin Novosad, who I thought looked pretty solid in that spring game. I think his game grew a pretty decent amount, even since I saw him in San Antonio for the uh, All-American Bowl. But don't be surprised if Oregon goes back to the portal, even if they get another commit from a quarterback in 2024. I'm not saying that that's what I think is going to happen. I'm not saying I'm told that's what's going to happen. I just think it makes a lot of sense. Um, even though Ty Thompson did have a pretty decent spring game, you know, struggled out of the gate and then kind of turned things around. Uh, but I'll talk more about that later on um, in a future episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. So I think that... Um, like I said before this weekend, this opportunity to have both of these guys on campus, Van Buren and Moga, the same weekend is is good because you're able to they're able to meet each other and you can kind of pick their brains and see how they feel about um, how they feel about playing in a two quarterback class. I think that's uh, that's big. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right, well, we had a, another other questions here. Some other, some other um, comments. Matthew Shane saying Luke Moga dares Michael Van Buren to commit and compete. Um, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily the message that he was trying to send uh, with this commitment. Um, I think it's interesting that Moga popped first, and I kind of just talked about why, um, because I think that you don't take Moga's commitment if it means necessarily uh, losing out on a guy like Michael Van Buren later down the road. Um, okay, let's see. Yeah, and then this is kind of a similar question from from Johnny again. Do you perceive Moga's commitment as a quote-unquote preemptive strike in case Oregon doesn't take two high school recruits and he just outmaneuvered MVB as in Michael Van Buren? Yeah, I, I don't think that's the case here. Um, you know, some people are, are making more of it than it needs to be, I think, which just kind of goes back to my point of it being pretty uncommon to sign two high school quarterbacks, especially in today's era of the transfer portal in college football. So I don't think that Moga's commitment necessarily uh, affects Michael Van Buren's recruitment or Oregon's chances with Michael Van Buren in a negative way. Just just kind of going from what I've been able to, to gather on the situation and my pulse on kind of college football recruiting as a whole. Uh, Mark's out here tuning in. What's up, Mark? Hope you're having a good day, man. He's a, a friend of the of the show and a, a frequent watcher. Um, Trello one, Sco Ducks. What's going on? And then Hazmat says, meanwhile, this barbecue chicken pizza is not going to eat itself. Sco Ducks. Hope you're watching and uh, hope hope. Well, obviously you're watching, but hope you're eating the the barbecue chicken pizza from Track Town because. That's fire. That barbecue chicken pizza from Tracktown is next level. If you haven't tried it, you need to. Maybe Tracktown can sponsor the show someday. That'd be sick. That'd be elite. All right, let's see what else we got here. Question from Tim. Tim's question, given the sheer volume of players who decommit, I'd prefer an AZ guy like Moga over a player from the East Coast, though both Moga and MVB would be even better. Yeah, I, th- I think I see where you're coming from, you know, with with uh, with this kind of, um, you know, comment and, and, you know, this thought. I think given how often people decommit from schools just in today's era of college football recruiting, you are probably giving yourself a better chance to hang on to a guy long-term if you aren't recruiting him from across the country, right? I think that just kind of adds up, you know, that plays, you know, guys that hit the portal sometimes are, are from uh, far away, um, and, uh, they want to go back to play closer to home. You know, that's just a, a reality of today's game, but it might be worth mentioning again, that Oregon's been playing the long game with Michael Van Buren, maybe not this staff in particular, but just Oregon as a school, as a football team, uh, they, they were recruiting Michael Van Buren, uh, far earlier than they were, um, Luke Moga. So maybe I'm not saying that that means everything because, um, this new staff didn't offer Michael Van Buren, but this staff clearly has a lot of interest in Michael Van Buren, even if he was already offered before they got there. 
um, because they're, they've brought him in for a couple more visits. I'm sure they're going to be. Don't be surprised if this week Will Stein is on a plane out to Baltimore to go visit Michael Van Buren during some spring practice. Do not be surprised at all if that's what happens. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but don't be surprised if that's what happens um, because we know, at least right now, that Michael Van Buren is Oregon's top quarterback target uh, remaining in this 2024 class. Um, I also talked about Will Hammond a couple times. He's still committed to Texas Tech, I believe, uh, out of the Lone Star State. Will Stein obviously has his ties there to uh, to that state. So I think that Michael Van Buren is still the, the main guy to, to watch right now. And then uh, GWG5640, any word of what Van Buren thought of the spring game? Um, no, he, he's someone that I've been trying to interview for, for quite a while, but I haven't been able to get uh, a hold of him. But I'm going to see if I can get an interview, you know, as soon as possible, but we'll see. Um, Hazmat Ty is from Gilbert, Arizona. Uh, yes, he is. I believe that Ty Thompson um, is from Gilbert, Arizona. Um, yeah, so he played at, Ch- at Mesquite High School and is from Gilbert. So they're still keeping that Arizona pipeline going strong, like I've uh, been talking about. Matthew Shane, I would like Oregon to take one high school quarterback and a transfer quarterback. Yeah, I think I definitely understand uh, where you're coming from, uh, you know, with this comment, Matthew. I think that it makes a lot of sense for Oregon to take a high school quarterback and a transfer quarterback. But kind of like what I was saying with my earlier point, I don't know if you're only going to take one quarterback. I don't know that it makes a tremendous amount of sense, at least for me right now. You know, maybe I can maybe I can make it out to Arizona to see Moga in person. But just given that he is a little bit of a a newcomer to the position and that he, he hasn't refined his game necessarily uh, to the level that you want. I don't think that you only take one quarterback because you don't want to limit yourself. Um, And there might be some other quarterbacks out there that Oregon likes like Michael Van Buren. And then look at the number standpoint. Um, You know, you've got to have at least two quarterbacks every year that you're confident can go out and win you football games because if Bo Nix gets hurt, you know, you don't want to be in the position as a you know at Oregon um you don't want to be in the position where it's like Bo gets hurt and then you're not necessarily feeling confident that that ties the guy I'm not saying that that's um I don't know why I keep saying that like I'm defensive I just feel like you know people can kind of mix words up and you know I don't want to you know come off like I'm criticizing Ty I'm just saying that you know we've seen his in-game results look pretty similar uh each time he comes out so um, that's why this 2023 season is so important for Oregon and Ty Thompson is because you need to develop him as your clear cut number two backup. Um, so Oregon's quarterback room numbers after Bo Nix leaves, I think you just need to give yourself an option for someone who's experienced and who's played some college football and who has produced and won some football games. It's, uh, it's definitely interesting. Question from Corey Duck. Love the questions, guys. Keep them rolling in. Do you suspect some commitments this week? Seems after spring games some quick commits are typical. A bit surprised we haven't seen one today, but maybe I'm reaching there. No, Corey, I don't, I don't think you're reaching at all. Um, I, I would definitely suspect some commitments this week. And uh, maybe we can talk about kind of where Oregon is at now in the 2024 class and, and what's next, right? Maybe that'd be a good way to kind of, maybe I can use this question to segue into, you know, uh, a point that I wanted to make, you know, next point in the podcast. So where does Oregon stand now after Luke Moga's commitment in the 2024 recruiting class? I'm looking at the 247 sports rankings, and they have the number nine overall class 
in the country, number one in the Pac-12, and they now stand at 10 verbal commitments. And a number of those guys were on campus in Eugene this weekend for the spring game. Jordan Anderson, wide receiver out of Newport Harbor High School. He's the headliner. He was on campus and has been a very vocal uh, recruiter for the Ducks. Aaron Flowers, new safety commit for the Ducks out of Forney, Texas. He was also back on campus this past weekend. Um, so I really like where Oregon's at in this 2024 class. I think the timing is great. Um, I think that a lot of their commits, you have a couple three stars in there, right? You got, uh, Trent Ferguson and, and Luke Moga as a, as a three star on the two, four, seven sports composite three star on the two, four, seven sports composite Jackson Ford, the new tight end out of Melissa, Texas. He's also listed as a three star, but I think that all those guys have a tremendous amount of upside. Um, but this is going to be an important class because Oregon needs to get very close to the top five if they want to be competing for a national championship. I mean, we see it every year. All those national championship winning programs are typically consistently in the top five. Um, so you got a couple of really good receivers in the mix with Jordan Anderson and, and Tysir Denmark. Get your DBs rolling with uh, Aaron Flowers. A couple of offensive line commits with Fox Crater being your highest rated guy out of Evergreen High School in Vancouver. Ducks are going to need to battle to hang on to him with so many other schools showing interest. You got Trent Ferguson out of West Salem High School. Um, and then you got a couple of big time defensive linemen with Jackson Jones out of Arizona. He's an edge rusher. And then uh, Tioni Gray, uh, who the Ducks flipped from Missouri uh, not too long ago. You know, he's a big guy, six foot six, 295 pounds. Definitely checks off that box of, you know, physical kind of guys that you don't, those body types that you don't find out West. So I really like the balance with Oregon's uh, recruiting class right now. And I think that, uh, you know, don't be surprised if there are some commits this week for Dan Landing and the Ducks. And maybe some of them come from guys that uh, visited this past weekend. You know, a couple guys that I really think Oregon's in an awesome spot with. Some top targets. You got Kamar Matuti out of Studio City, California, um, Campbell Hall High School. Um, he was on campus this past weekend has taken a couple other trips this spring, you know, Oregon. Um, I want to say he was also at Utah. It was either Utah or Nebraska. I, I can't quite remember. Um, I, I want to say it was Utah. Um, and I know it was a school that had red and white. Um, and then he's also been uh, getting recruited pretty heavily by Washington. And I know he spoke highly of their development. I've been able to talk to him a couple times, but I, I remember I wrote my prediction uh, story for Kamar Matuti to go to Oregon um, you know, probably a, a month or so ago at this point. So he was on campus this past weekend, hasn't decided on a commitment timeline, but, uh, he's a guy that I feel like Oregon's in an awesome spot with Elijah rushing the big time edge rusher that we talked about earlier this uh, episode. He said an official visit to return to Oregon. I want to say early June, June 2nd. Um, but you know, schools like Notre Dame and, and Tennessee and Arizona, I believe are, are still heavily involved there and understandably so, but I love where Oregon stands. I think they've been at the front of his recruitment for a long time and uh, it's going to be tough for another school to pass Oregon right now. Miami's another one that comes to mind. That's, that's in the mix there. A couple other guys, Justin Williams, big time linebacker out of Conroe, Texas, Oak Ridge high school. He was on campus this past weekend. He recently got elevated to five-star status on 247 sports. So he's a massive, massive target for Oregon in the 2024 class. And he's about as gifted as a linebacker as you'll find a former safety, mind you. And that dude moves really, really well. And um, I just love his game. 
And then you also got Dylan Williams out of Long Beach Poly. He's a top Oregon linebacker target. Ducks signed Dalen Austin, his teammate, a corner in the 23 class out of Long Beach Poly. And Dylan Williams, I think, really ever since he decommitted from USC in the fall, I think Oregon has been at the front of his recruitment as well. He's locking in a lot of a lot of official visits. Michigan State, Miami, um, UCLA, I believe, is also getting an official visit. Um, so there's a lot of competition there for Oregon and Dylan Williams, but um, I think I'm going to be curious to see what date he sets that Oregon official visit because Oregon's just in too good of a spot to not get an official visit from Dylan Williams. So uh, I think he's the first major Oregon target, I believe, that uh, has set five official visits, and I know that Oregon's going to get an official visit, so maybe he's looking to take advantage of that new rule. Uh, that I believe goes into effect this summer in July that allows recruits to take as many official visits as they want. But the key thing to note there, just because recruits can take as many official visits as they want, schools still only have so many official visits to give, to use. So that's going to be something interesting to see how schools change their approach given that new rule. And then Nate Frazier, uh, one of the top running backs in the entire country out of Santa Ana Modern Day, I think Oregon has led there for a long time, but he did recently just take visits to Georgia and Alabama. And uh, well, we know that Georgia and Alabama don't mess around when it comes to recruiting and they can shoot to the top of any recruitment very, very quickly. But uh, I'm pretty confident that uh, that relationship with Carlos Lachlan has, has really kept Oregon at the front of his recruitment and um, has really been a difference maker for the talented back. So um, I don't know when the next commitment's going to come, but uh, you know, stay on your toes, Casey Kelly, uh, younger brother of Chad Kelly, former Ole Miss and Clemson quarterback, Ole Miss transferred tight end. Casey Kelly committed to Oregon this past weekend, and uh, he'll be able to, you know, make an impact uh, this year in, in 2023. So um, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of happy Oregon hasn't gotten any commits this weekend because I just got back in town. So I'm trying to kind of get my bearings back underneath me. But uh, man, you guys got to watch out because uh, Oregon could go on a run, especially after getting a quarterback commitment. I think that's just a position that generates some more buzz than other positions when it comes to commitments. All right, let's see here. NE with uh, the comment here. To me, the clear-cut starter is Ty if a top transfer quarterback comes in. Okay, so maybe maybe you're saying here that even if a top transfer quarterback comes in, you still think that Ty Thompson is going to be the starting quarterback. That's an interesting one um, because he he did look good in the spring game. I mean, I, I like I said earlier, it was a it was kind of a rough start for him, but he did have some good plays. He had that deep shot to uh, Chris Hudson. That was probably I think that was probably his most impressive throw of the day. It was kind of a deep fade towards the sideline, and then he had that uh, touchdown that he connected with. Uh, Tez Johnson for I mean Tez kind of did the work there right it was a short pass that he just turned and, and burned and and then he would juked a couple guys in route to a 63 yard touchdown or 60 some odd yard, some are some odd yard touchdown so I think that uh the thing with Ty is that he's such a physically gifted quarterback and he probably has the strongest arm in that room but for me you guys can let me know what your thoughts were on the performance and like I said I'll talk more about this in my spring game breakdown but it feels like he's still relying too much on his upper body with some of his throws. Like I'm just looking at his footwork. I'm not a quarterback guru. I just watch a lot of football and it seems like he's still kind of relying too much on his strength uh, and his upper body on some of these throws. Um, and a couple of the throws were kind of nonchalant, whether it be quick screen passes or swing routes. So there's still definitely some room to grow there, but 
that would be a very interesting competition uh, if uh, if the Ducks do bring in a transfer quarterback. Maybe not entirely dissimilar to when Tyler Shuck and Anthony Brown had a quarterback battle that Tyler Shuck eventually ended up winning. But then towards the end of the season, you know, against USC in the Pac-12 title game, Anthony Brown got some snaps. Anthony Brown also got some snaps in the Fiesta Bowl. But he was really making most of his impact as a runner, not a passer. And I don't think Oregon wants to find themselves in that situation again because you saw how versatile and how effective the offense was last year when they really let the let that ball rip through the air. So it's interesting for sure. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Probably going to wind down the show in a little bit. So if you guys have any more comments or questions, go ahead and throw those in the chat right now. GWG5640 says, I'm curious what a majority of the 16 people that were here yesterday, what they thought. Is that true? 16 recruits here for a game? No, there there were over 100 recruits uh, in town in Eugene for the, the Oregon football spring game, which is just mind-boggling. Um, you know, it's it's the, the biggest recruiting event of the year. I think even when they have Saturday Night Live, it's, it's not necessarily that many recruits. Um, but that's another event that we've seen generate a lot of recruiting buzz for Oregon on the recruiting trail. So trying to think about what's next for Oregon now that uh, Luke Moga is in the fold. Like I said, obviously all the attention is going to turn to Michael Van Buren and what his decision is with his recruitment. Right now, Michael Van Buren is working from a top uh, three and he has a commitment date set for July 8th. But I'm curious, is there any flexibility in that commitment date for Michael Van Buren here in the class of 2024? Uh, but another guy, maybe the next big name to watch uh, for Oregon, potentially on Quack Watch, as uh, Oregon fans like to say on Twitter, um, is Gary Bryant Jr. The USC wide receiver transfer is going to be announcing his decision, I believe, on May 13th. That's a Saturday, and I think that he's going to be having a little ceremony out here in Southern California. So I got to try to get on the phone with some folks and see if I can uh, make my way out to that ceremony. Um, but Oregon's looking like they are the leader right now in that recruitment after getting some crystal ball picks from Greg Biggins. He's a top SoCal guy, which is uh, you know where Gary Bryant is from. He went to Corona Centennial, was an All-American that had to Oregon as one of his top schools coming out of high school. And then he also had Washington as one of his top schools, um, which obviously didn't matter much when he was coming out of high school. But now that he's in the portal, guess who's at Oregon? Junior Adams. So they have a good relationship. They feel comfortable with each other. So I'm really curious to see what Gary Bryant ends up doing uh, with uh, with his decision. And uh, if he ends up going to Oregon, where he slides in in that wide receiver room, Texas A&M and Miami, two other schools that are still involved. Mark says Ty should get some live reps against Portland State. No, that's that's definitely true. I think that that's obviously the the next opportunity that we're going to get to watch Ty Thompson work, and uh, that should be a blowout game, right? You know, the, the Ducks shouldn't have any kind of an issue with the Vikings. My best buddy Michael goes to uh, went to Portland State, so every time I see him, and we're kind of talking about uh, you know Portland, always got to throw him a go Vikes. Um, but yeah, that's that's a, a pretty pretty easy toss-up game, not toss-up, um, you know, uh, softball game for Oregon to get their uh, 2023 season started with. You get Bo Nix in there to start things off, you know, run up the score, and then you hopefully get, hopefully you can get, um, you know, Ty Thompson in there, or maybe even Austin Novosad at some point. But yeah, getting, getting Ty Thompson reps is an absolute priority in the 2023 season. And to do that, you're going to have to put some teams away and put them away early. 
Um, the non-conference slate is, is easier for Oregon in 2023 than it was in 2022. That's probably going to be the case since you don't have to play the back-to-back national champions again. And BYU was a good program that, that Oregon, uh, I'm curious how last year's BYU team is going to match up with this year's Texas tech team, but, uh, I'm going to have to start doing more research on Texas tech, obviously Tyler Shucks, the starter there. So that'll definitely make this one interesting, but yeah, Mark, Ty should definitely get reps against the uh, Portland state and, and maybe that'll give us a better sense. But even then, even if he does do well, it's going to be kind of hard to judge that one because not necessarily a high-level program. Anton Z, we are a program podcast. Yes, we are. We are a program podcast. Um, you just got to make sure that you know. If you know, you know. Uh, if you guys have been listening, you know that it's a program podcast. But um yeah, big commitment for Dan Lanning and the Oregon Ducks with Phoenix, Arizona, Sunny Slope quarterback Luke Moga hopping into the fold over the weekend. And uh, this is definitely one that can kickstart a big, big run on the recruiting trail. Um, so don't be surprised if we if we maybe see some, some guys hopping in the fold this week. I don't think that there's anybody other than Gary Bryant, like I mentioned, that that has a, you know, a relatively public commitment date set. Uh, just yet, but I rattled off a couple of guys that I think Oregon's in an awesome spot with. So um, yeah, make sure you guys stay tuned in and, and see what else is going on with Oregon football, wrapping up spring ball tomorrow, Monday, May 1st. Um, and then um, I believe the portal closes today. So maybe something can happen tonight. I don't know. Um, just trying to kind of get back up to speed now that I'm back in town from the wedding. But uh, yeah, guys, do me a favor, smash that like button and subscribe to the channel. Uh, it really does a lot to help support what I'm doing, covering Oregon football and Oregon recruiting, um, which is what I'm most passionate about. And then do me a favor and share the Ducks Dish podcast with your friends, family, other Duck fans. That's the best way you can support the channel. But greatly appreciate you guys taking some time out of your day to talk some Ducks, talk some Cruton with me, and uh, make sure you tap in with me at Torres Sports on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, until next time, I'll see you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast.